All right. What's going on, everybody? Today's a little bit different. We actually tried to record this last week, but we had technical difficulties. Uh, as you know, I am Papa Quad. I run the Cod Lorefax account and the Lorefax TV YouTube uh, YouTube channel. But today, I have brought on two other people. How about y'all? Go ahead and introduce yourselves. Um, you can go mm -hmm. first. Oh, wow. Okay. Already going crazy. So, uh, my name's Morlocks or Digital Code Red on Twitter. Uh, I've been a massive COD Zombies fan, massive COD fan in general since like the first installment. I've been playing, I've played every single game except for uh, Infinite Warfare, which I kind of regret every day, but it's fine. Uh, I've been a set, like, I've, I've gone into the zombie storyline. Um, since BO2, which is around when a lot of the people came came into it, and I really like came into it during BO3, as again many others did. Um, besides being like a massive Black Ops and Zombies fan, recently ever since like Modern Warfare 2019, I've been a massive MW fan as well, and I've been dabbling in a lot of like multiplayer and competitive stuff recently. And only now I've been getting back into the zombie stuff. You can go ahead, Bob. Um, hi, I'm Bob. I'm. Uh... I'm not really super active publicly in the community, but I, uh, I've been a pretty long time Zombies fan as well. I also got into it with um, kind of the end of Black Ops 2, beginning of Black Ops 3, uh, the lore especially, similarly to um, what Warlocks did. So uh, especially recently, um, I figure with the release of Modern Warfare Zombies, I was, I was talking to Morlocks and we were like, oh, it'd be cool to do some uh, some lore content with this. And then we got into contact with um, Papa Claude and uh, we decided to uh, come on the channel and collab a little bit. All right. <clears throat> we have quite a bit to talk about today. What would y'all like to go for first? Um, so uh, I, I think kind of the most the big pressing thing right now is that we, we can accidentally kind of hit this actually on um last recording, but uh, the 2025 game is kind of leaked at this point. So we we, pretty, we have a better idea of what it's going to be. Uh, yeah. Um, so what's your guys' take on that? Oh man, we kind of. We I, I, we kind of hit the the nail on the head last week. I feel like whenever we were initially recording this, of what what's com what comes after this game, which is obviously uh, Wolf War, but like after that, they they either had the possibility of continuing from Wolf War, or they could even do like a model for a zombie sequel. And we kind of leaned into that aspect, and now it seems like that could be the case. If we have a game set in the future, it would make sense especially with the recent games, how they've been keeping the same time period that we could see zombies also set in the 2020s again. Jensen, we've got a beat yeah, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards that. I think the two biggest options I'm kind of leaning towards are, I mean, I could see them do, like, a direct continuation, like a carry-forward continuation of all 4 but just, like, as future guns, kind of like how BO3 and 4 did. But I could also see them doing, like, a sort of MWZ sequel with the story after Gulf War. Especially with how big the story for this game is being set up to be so far. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Um, I remember we kind of discussed like, hey, uh, is twenty twenty five gonna kind of be like MW3's like second year of content type thing where the modern or the campaign and the story stuff in general, zombies, all that stuff is gonna take place right after the twenty twenty four game. And according to leaks, at least so far. Uh, doesn't really seem like it. So I remember Bob, you were like, uh, you mentioned that, hey, maybe we might get MWZ two, as we just like mentioned just a second ago. Yeah, and honestly, I'd, I'd be up for it. like having kind of like a year off round based. I think like a year of round based and then a year off round based could be really fun to do. Maybe mix it up with a little bit of uh, round based in twenty twenty five. But 
the storyline is really the most important thing here. Obviously, we're we're a lore channel, so the most yeah. important thing is storyline. What what do you guys like think is gonna really like start happening? You guys think it's gonna continue the MWZ two stuff? I, I definitely, I definitely think so. I think it. The idea that I had was that you uh, obviously with this game you set up stuff for Gulf War Zombies or whatever that game's gonna be called, right? But yeah, they're obviously also like setting up a new wave of characters. Uh, new uh, there's like this. This has its own kind of plot, and you obviously you enter you lean into the Gulf War stuff like it's always setting it up. But you you leave that stuff. You leave new things of importance here in this like sect of the uh, the era or the chapter, right? And yeah. Once Gulf War's over, I feel like they'll probably come back to that. And have aspects of both games be important into like a a sequel from All for Zombies, essentially. Yeah, I definitely agree. Oh yeah, actually, uh, to talk about that, like a bit of a community reception originally to this game that it was going to be filler, and uh, we're we're going to get to that like whole filler bit later on in the, the in the podcast. But to talk about it real quick, every game we've had so far for the Dark Either story, even even Vanguard, well, it's two games. So uh, Vanguard had at least like they talked about the crew in that, uh, or not exactly the crew, the, the people that talked to you on the radio basically, yeah, uh, told you their fate or they were of some importance. So a lot of the community, uh, the more maybe like uh, I don't know, old school guys might think, oh, Dobbs, like Dobbs, Janet. Green, Miller, all these characters. This is here for MWZ, and then it, that's it. That, that's, they're just going to be filler. Uh, I really think we could have a situation where we actually have some of these characters go into MWZ2 as well. Kind of like what we're accept, uh, you know, expecting to happen, or we know for sure is going to happen with the Requiem heads for yeah. uh, Go4. Yeah. Something interesting with that, too, is like uh, with the new characters, a lot of them seem to have been born, which. Obviously, it makes sense for the time era, right? But a lot of them were seemingly born in the early 90s, early to mid-90s. Yeah. Uh, one of the new uh, details mentions that Dobbs was born in 1995. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting, because um, we don't exactly know when Gulf War is going to start, obviously. I I assume probably around 1990. But if you remember, Cold War started in 83 and then went on for, um, for a couple uh, of years in the universe uh, yeah. before the end of the story. So I could definitely see them doing something similar with Gulf War if they want to tie everything in. What's great about this is that we're still pretty early on into MWZ story, and we've already got some like genuine bombshells. You know, like yeah. well, we got the 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 people that leaked the whole like Intel one about Do- uh, Janice being Doctor Gray's like daughter, which is you know unlucky that it got leaked and it's not really in the I don't think it's in the uh, files at the uh, it's not in the uh, in the game officially right now, but yeah. it got leaked over Twitter and everybody started talking about it. Uh, that's one aspect of it. Uh, there's also, like, there's possibly other, like, descendants of these characters. Like, we already have Ravenov in here. Uh, could yeah. be that Dobbs could be a descendant. Green could be a descendant. We don't know. Uh, Miller, we know for sure. We can talk about Miller and Flesher in a sec. They both at least have some relevance in Gulf War storyline whenever that oh, drops. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely agreeing with that because um, well, the Miller thing, I, I believe, I think Quad, you made a uh, you made a video on this. Um, yeah, the West Virginia the stuff. She mentions yeah, stuff. Like, oh man, what was it? She mentions stuff it, like wherever you go, like 
it's like oh this this ain't my first radio or some yeah. shit like that yeah she might she that's i believe one of the other radios talks about her having like prior experience with a sort of thing yeah whenever green like gets the list of people and yeah. like it wasn't even her that picked her like it was laswell or somebody that picked out miller and was like this person will be good because they have experience in this yeah which ties with another point that we both talked about, and you talked about it a, a little on Twitter, which is um, whoever whoever's in charge of Operation Deadbolt being very secretive towards like everybody else in the organization. But yeah, um, there's a lot with of the implication like, uh, even being that Laswell isn't like just literally isn't even able to show the others certain stuff. You got nothing for Soap, and that's like you know you know it's yeah. bad when Laswell and Soap or Laswell cannot share anything to Soap. Um, yeah, you know the MW characters have very close relationship with Bob. You guys already know about it. But the fact is, like he asked, he's like, "You gotta get stuff." And she's like, "Um, my hands are tied. You know, I got nothing for you. All I can tell you is that whatever you make the choice, like, interestingly, Soap is the only character that Laswell is like, okay, any choice you make towards Ravenoff, like kill him or fighting with him or whatever, I am backing you up, and the CIA is backing you up one hundred percent." Yeah, because I, I think it's a case of like, I assume even she doesn't know like all the. All the story with the rabbit on there, so even Laswell doesn't trust them a lot. And recover, yeah. Um, yeah, there's definitely like a blockade of information between. You didn't really see this with Requiem. With Requiem, they, yeah. they there wasn't this blockage. Like uh, later on, they got the question who the like the true identity of the director was, but you didn't have yeah. this like a compartmentalization of intelligence within the organization. Yeah, like the senior staff of Requiem were pretty much being briefed in the majority. The only the only thing I'd say they weren't really briefed in was the stuff with the Forsaken, just because Yeah. If I recall correctly, I think Carver figured that out himself. Yeah. Actually he didn't really figure out well, he did figure it himself. He started noticing the hierarchy, but the director kind of oh, yeah, that's, into that's what I mean. Like he kind of he kind of like leaked his brain yeah. in in a sense to Carver and kind of left it for him to figure out the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this brings like an interesting kind of um, split between the differences between Deadbolt versus Requiem. Like with Requiem, they weren't as they didn't have infinite resources like Deadbolt has. Uh, yeah. They didn't. It, it did not come overnight. This was very much. It, it took like a few. I think it took a few days for Requiem to come together. Since Eddie was like carefully choosing whoever he wanted, exactly who he wanted, even though he was like fully expecting what was going to happen, he still took his time to pick up who he wants, like Weaver, all these guys. Uh, meanwhile, Deadbolt Ravenov mentions like it's impressive. Unlike the last few times, these guys like came overnight. Like almost immediately. Yeah, and um and they the have lore blogs resources. Yeah. The lore blog they put out, like shortly like after the cutscene got put out, um and the intro cutscene, uh, talks about how like they had the basic concept for Deadbolt with the CIA since like the eighties. Because they, they seemingly made it at some point after Forsaken. But yeah. it was kind of like they didn't really have like people picked out for it or anything. So do, do you know like the exact wordage from that blog? Like, about Let me find it. Let me find it. I, I, I might actually have. Because I had a, I had an idea about this that, um, if it says it came about at the end of the Code War, the Code War didn't really end until like the USSR fell, which was in '91. So yeah. this could Deadboat or, could be a, like a product of the next game. Like it could. I believe it directly. I, I believe it directly say it's like. Um, 
thing uh, in the after like Cold War Zombies specifically. You might be right. Like, after all the terms. like let me. I'm, I'm actually pulling it up now. I, I found the blog. Let me see. Um, where was? Uh, yeah, here, here we go. Uh, an emergency contingency plan put into action by the CIA. Operation Deadbolt was created in the aftermath of the outbreak events witnessed by Requiem operatives during the events in the Cold War. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, like what, what I was saying earlier, though, with the all the operatives seem to have been like they have some kind of they uh, they were all born in around the nineties, which that could be intentional. It feels intentional, at least to me, but. It, this the people that are in Dead Boat, like the members of it, could have been like intentionally handpicked by yeah. Eddie or somebody. Definitely. Um, I mean, the fact I, that they I, yeah, sorry, go on. No, 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 you're good. Go on. No, um, no, 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 no. I was, I was gonna say it's it's like elaborated in the shorts, I think, but um, we don't we don't really know what what Eddie's doing, or even if he's still around at this time. But his his directives in the CIA do still seem to be in place. Oh, yeah, yeah, especially since like the end of the act one cutscene, which shows like the Janus directive is like a is it says something about six thousand something days. Uh, it it says like six six thousand seven hundred seventy six D, but I don't. I'm unclear on if that's like a directive itself or it's if it's not like a, or if that's like a six thousand or so like days indicator. Either because either one has interesting implications. Yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, if you guys got you got a calculator right now, you can just pull up how many years ago that was. If it was days, it'd be pretty uh, funny if it was like nineteen. It was it was it was two thousand and three. Yeah, interesting. I mean, that that seems pretty nonsensical to be honest. That's the case. Yeah, but we also got to keep in mind that it's in relation to Maxis or stuff that's like listed right under her uh, profile. Yeah, bro. It kind of goes back, right? I had the theory that maybe this isn't Janice's, like... Uh, again, again, could be wrong. Could be completely wrong here. But uh, I thought, like, maybe Janice, like, the whole Janice thing wasn't actually, like, oh, his directive in place. It was more like... Well, kind of his directive or not. It was more so, like, a cautionary thing. Like, the CIA realized what Janice was all about, and they realized, oh, this 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 Eddie guy isn't really, like, you know, something, someone to be trusted or whatever, and they put that in, initial directive in place and shut it down, kind of, and that's why Maxis has that. It's, it's just kind of like a crackpot theory, real quick. Maybe it could happen at the end of Gulf War, where Eddie has, like, a weird falling out with the CIA, and he has, you know, he, he focuses on the society occult stuff, and some crazy yeah, stuff I, could happen. I definitely think that's that's for sure possible, just because we know, right now, he's, he's focusing more on using um, the CIA's resources pretty much for like his own shit, kind of like the West Virginia thing. Yeah, oh, you can't imagine they'd be like very happy. Yeah, going back to the Dobbs thing, real quick, I did mention he was born, I think, in Indiana in that Intel piece. Yeah, in Indiana, and that's like quite close to West Virginia, that's like two states away. Yeah, so it's just an interesting detail. There's, there's yeah. a lot of things in each of these operators that were handpicked themselves. Like I can I can just go on a massive tangent right now, but we'll we'll eventually get to it. Uh, it's like just to name a few, you got Ravenoff. Somehow he just suddenly comes out of nowhere. The the guy that was in charge of Deadpool, whoever it was, was able to just oh, pluck pluck him out right wherever they he wasn't right. They <laughs> they just found the guy chilling in a manhole cover. Um, then you have Fang, who for some reason the entity is also reaching out to on the radio. Yeah. You have Janice, 
who, you know, is, well, she was involved with the Zakaya stuff, and I could just go on. There's, like, interesting details about each of these characters. That's like, yeah. okay, what are, you, what are you guys cooking here? Speaking of Ravenov, this is uh, what I was talking about earlier. I have, I have kind of an idea about, but in in the first radio, on the preseason one, he, he kind of acts like he's been directly kind of fighting Dark Ether stuff for a while. Now, this could be nothing. This could just be talking about, like, say, Firebase or something. So I do think it's interesting that a lot of the time we see him in Cold War, which is the only other name he's been in so far. Um, a lot of the time he's working in, like, outside of, um, I guess, part of Outbreak and uh, Firebase. A lot of the time he's working in a more indirect role. So I don't know if that's like foreshadowing that he'll have a more direct role some kind of the next game. Or, you know, I, I could just be looking too deeply into this. The radio you're uh, referencing is like, it's really interesting in that regard because he, he kind of goes into, like, I, I can't remember all the things he list, but he's like, uh, he's kind of going in order. He's like, traitor, Soviet, uh, Soviet informant, traitor, uh, mob enforcer, instrument of revenge. Like it's almost like he listed all in chron- chronological yeah. order, and the mob enforcer stuff is obviously after uh, Forsaken. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we, uh, and that's where we first find him. Also, I, I noticed this while talking yesterday, but I think it's it's kind of like a funny, or on a meta level thing that they have Ravenoff be like a mob enforcer between games when he's the same voice actor as a Bruno Chaos story. Oh yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely think that's probably where we'll find him. Like, whenever he first appears in Gulf War, like, that, he'll just be in that role or just coming out of that role. Yeah. yeah um, for sure. I can definitely see him taking on a more direct role because he says, like, a, somewhere in between Mob Enforcer and Instrument of Revenge, he also calls himself, like, a slayer of monsters. So, probably definitely yeah, exactly. more direct of a thing. Um, especially because that, that kind of ties into my larger theory that, um, I don't think this was in the shorts yet, but we did talk about it in my last reporting. That, uh, so if you look at the Requiem, um, or what's left of them in this game, uh, they're they're very heavily like redesigned, like outfit-wise, compared to Cold War, and have a lot of like, uh, I don't know, do, like hacking shit yeah. all over them, which would also imply those characters taking on a more direct field roles. Sort of. in the next game. I don't know. You could you could argue like, oh, maybe they're gonna. In other words, a ton of people saying it's probably like, oh, they're going to be the tour over there. I think, um, I think we could do. I, I, I could definitely uh, well. see that. Like, after, after that, we, after all that's, like, uh, figured out, we all, it really does look like we had them. And it kind of looked that way in, uh, in Cold War 2 that they could be the next, like, set four main crew. Um, yeah, because that's, that's, um, and it's kind of a controversial topic when it comes to New York. I could definitely see them doing it. Yeah, I think uh, I think this this crew has some like if if the crews come back, which I really hope. I think, in my opinion, uh, I think the only thing that current like zombies needs to improve on is I think having a crew like a set crew would really bring a lot into the storyline, having them direct or you know direct interact among each other. But having like just like okay, if we if we take a guess, like Weaver Strauss. Uh, Gray, Carver, those four as like a, as a quad, like yeah, teams and having his tech on the radio talking to them, that would be genuinely just like peak. Or having like Ravenov in place of Gray or in place of like Stras. I don't know. I feel like Stras and Gray would fit out. Like they would be, uh, they would be fitting out like a sore thumb. I guess you could say. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, feel, I don't feel like they'd be doing really well. So having like Ravenov in the mix, just 
the current set of Dark Aether characters we have is just absolutely it's great. It's great. It's great. But um, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think I'm kind of neutral on all crews versus operator thing. You can, I think it depends on the execution for me. But you know, I'd be down for it. I think I'm, I'm leaning towards that being what they're going to do. I mean, it's not. It's obviously we we don't know for sure. It's still another year until the game's out. But um, yeah. kind of definitely leaning towards that off of the Act One cutscene and uh, stuff like that. Um. One thing I wanted to talk about, going back into like all the um, how they've been handpicked seemingly, and like all the blockade of information, you you, you also kind of leaned into this a bit. Morlocks, uh, the the CIA seems to, and we we get this in code war too. The CIA seems to not really like Eddie or somebody, some people within the CIA seem to not, yeah, because how they try to assassinate him sometime before Requiem. Mm. Started up. They're trying to stop his grind. Yeah. <laughs> Which to start talking about all the Fletcher stuff, it really does seem to me like he's He's got Fletcher in the 90s, right? He hires him for that security detail, which is a whole thing we made short about Terminus Island. He yep. got him for that security Yeah, you talked detail. about it a bit on Twitter as well. Yeah. He did his thing there, they fired him, and now he in like 2011, he gets him back. He tells him like to form the PMC group to become become the face of Terminus for him. And essentially I think that's to get the people who do not like him to get him get them off his back and directed towards that. Like he's projecting himself out to where he's not. That way he can keep doing his thing and have them focus on Terminus. Um well that's probably something I could be looking a little too deeply into this, but one of the early radios is Fletcher talking to because I was looking at the radios because one point that's been brought up against the Terminus Island thing is that Fletcher doesn't want to know about Ethereum early on, which is true, which is true. I went into the radios, yeah, um, myself about it. But in one of the early radios, he's talking to like an unheard like contact, and it's like that whoever it is has like it's like people who would like find us or something along those lines. Actually, like to to really talk real quick about that one counterpoint to the Fletcher theory, because of course you know it is a good counterpoint. Like, hey, yeah, it, it looks at the this is the first time it seems at least radio this this first time you see Ethereum. Uh, go back to the Cold War match. Realistic, it's pretty hard to actually find like pure straight up Ethereum uh, in those maps, except for like Forsaken, which is as as Bob like uh, I talked to Bob about this a while back. Um, it's a pretty special circumstance. So it's yeah. completely possible that Fletcher, uh, he didn't even need to have a zombies outbreak where he was for this theory to be, you know, right. But assuming a zombies outbreak would happen at Terminus Island, he wouldn't even be able to see the Ethereum most likely. It's a pretty big island. And, you know, yeah. Ethereum doesn't really spread that much, at least in its initial uh, phases. Even in Modern Warfare Zombies, you got to go to Tier 3 before you can even see, like, hints of the Ethereum. Yeah. The, the, the thing with this theory to me is, or the Terminus Island thing as a whole is, I don't know, it's just weird because um, I feel like it would be weird then to set up a fake island that was relevant to the CIA in the 90s and then just have it be like, oh, oh that's, that's not really important. Just because with everything we know, it's looking increasingly likely that a made up island in the 90s is going to be a, at least somewhat important part of an X game. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, there's, there's a lot. There's a big contingency of people. Whenever I made that tweet, especially, they either thought it was a red herring or thought it was 
something else entirely. Like some people thought it was related to like Rebirth Island, which yeah, I don't get that at all. Because like you, you see the stuff of Peck, and in this game you get the stuff of Island. In the yeah. sense that they'd be the same thing. Yeah, that's, that's just why I personally still believe in the Terminus Island stuff. Definitely a believer. I mean, if this was like Infinity War, the Sledgehammer handling Modern Warfare zombies, it could definitely just be like, oh, uh, Terminus Island is actually Ashika Island, but they renamed it like 10 years yeah, later. Like, they renamed it. They renamed it. And they renamed it. And it was Terminus Island in the 90s, but they changed the name. And for some reason, the CIA confused the old name. That like blog post from like a year ago where they're talking about Ashika Island and it's like, ah, oh, something redacted here happened here in the night. I mean, I still don't know if that was if that amounted to anything, to be honest. Like, Claude, yeah. did you it keep up with that? Was that ever anything? It never got real to be anything, no. Just oh, like well, most of stuff in that uh, that came out. You know, it's funny what blunder. It is what it is. Yeah. But yeah, the fact that Treyarch is holding this mode and they put that detail in and yeah. they drew attention to the fact that this hey man this is early 90s there's gotta be something there like we may not but, see yeah. like, but we i think at the very least we'll see like an intel piece talking about him in the next game yeah yeah but um that's, that's basically my take that's basically my take i think especially just because like, I could see it being connected to something else in one of the other COD stories if it was, like, a character from the other stories. Like, in, in Cold War, you have a couple connections with the larger Black Ops story through, like, Weaver and Grevchenko, obviously, and uh, Strauss working for Steiner. But outside of that, with the rest of the cast, they kind of lean a bit more into, like, original Darkkeeper story stuff. And even with this game, it's like they have Soap and Zakaya connected to the larger Modern Warfare story, but a lot of, like, the original characters in this game are more connected to at least simulate the, the other dark ether stuff. Yeah. Uh, and with that, we can kind of get into like the entity stuff now. Uh, the entity itself seems to be like to like touch on that. It's, it seems to be using them as like a mouthpiece. You see it in the act one yeah. scene once it's like let us in. Um, it's using them, which it almost makes it seem like it's using like the memories of them in the same yeah, way which- that. Janice, Janice and Maxis seem to be connected to it. But um, it does raise the question of like, are the Requiem had actually part, uh, or are their memories like actually integrated for the entity, or is it just using them as like like mouthpieces of a sort? Because it, it seems to at least have he integrated with Sam and probably Janice's memories. Yeah, um, as well. Um, I, I'm not really sure. I, I personally don't really think it's Sam herself, just because. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I mean, I guess it'll depend on what happens next game, but I, I can't really see them wanting to say that much about Sam herself uh, before the next, like, main story installment. Yeah, and the integration of the uh, the Weaver and all them with the Entity, it feels like, to me, that it has to have some kind of connection with that season, the the initial cutscene we got for this game, where they're on the basement. Yeah, because they're, they're, like, hooked up to the Ethereum vial machine or something, right? Yeah, like, it wouldn't... Just because that has like importance for the next game, it wouldn't really. I don't think they would show that unless it had some kind of uh, connective importance to this game as well. Yeah, like what, what are they doing there? Why are they hooked up to the machine? We don't know. Yeah, find out. I, I made this comparison last time, but it's kind of kind of feels like this game equivalent to the 
the like paper he did put together in Origins, where it's like premise on the mound with the staffs. And it, like that, that was like the first introduction to the premise, I believe. It makes no sense when you see it in Origins. I'm on a game later. But, oh, that's what the fuck it is. Yeah. Or, oh, that's that's why I think we're on the right now. Don't you have a, uh, I think you talked a little about it, Quad. You had a, like, a solid theory for the entity. Did you, like, do you want to talk about this again? Oh, man, what was it? Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't personally remember anymore. It's been. Like I can't a- remember what it is. The, us messing up that recording has messed uh, messed a lot of uh, stuff up. It seems like. Uh, yeah. It's just kind of weird to like move the stuff all Yeah. One uh, five induced delusions, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're still bringing new stuff. At least it's not like we're going to get the same. Uh, but you know, personally, for me, like my entity theory that I still kind of am holding on to. I don't know. It's. It's, it's pretty kind of fake, the theory is, but it's just, in an intel, it mentions that Guerrero noticed that the Dark Aether is every, it's very desperate to copy whatever it gets a hold on. And it's pretty kind of just, like, you know, just grabbing whatever it can see, absorbing it, absorbing all the information it has, and then, like, recycling that whole thing. Nothing yeah. new to us, right? But it's pretty interesting that they're, like, doing that point again for the third, like, game in a row. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, well, what do they mean by this? And this is where it comes to the part where it's like, I don't think Maxis would have ever turned evil at any point inside the dark either. Me personally, I don't think so. I think she would have like held out her own, maybe did what kind of like Psychop did, where she was just kind of chilling, did not do much. Uh, she would have only been in the dark either for like, what, a hundred years or my tweak? I forgot the... Uh... Like 50 years. Fifty years, roughly. It would be, it would like, be like yeah. five hundred or so dark ether years. Uh, well, assuming, assuming it's from, I, in my opinion, I think Maxis is gonna get out and like go for. In my opinion, I don't think he's gonna be there for that long. So that's like what ten, like that's six years. So how many years is that? And Darky for that sixty years. Yeah, sixty years. Yeah. Well, if that's not enough to corrupt her, and I think that if he, if she spent that long in there and she did not like, you know capture the dark ether or hold it or control it because it feels like the dark ether consistently kind of needs something guiding it like a controller yeah. or like whether it's court effects any kind of elder whoever it is and she could have easily been kind of maybe killing any elders that wanted to take control just to make sure that the dark ether wouldn't seep back into reality maybe that could be a role she played but the you know this is like just semantics. The point I'm getting at is, I feel like in that dead space of there being no true ruler of the Dark Aether, uh, whether it's after Gold War or during Gold War, the Dark Aether would have adapted to nothing and made like the entity, where it's like an amalgamation of whatever is the most powerful thing there. Yeah. So that's why you get like a mix of stuff. You might be and, honest something there, yeah. Yeah, honestly, I'm. I, I think that's definitely um. A pretty good theory, just because on a meta level, I know a lot of people think it's like Sam herself, which is just evil now, but I feel like, you know, on a meta level, if you look at a lot of the interviews Craig did during, like, Cold War, I think a large emphasis he's putting on the story is on, like, not redoing stuff in the Aether story. So I think it's like, right now, it's kind of a big event They want you to think that, like, oh, the next game is going to just be Black Ops 1 again. Like, oh, you have the Rick Trumpin scheme you have. Like evil, crazy dark ether, corrupted Samantha Maxis, yeah, 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 all that stuff. I think 
when they when all that stuff happens out, they're gonna take a very different direction with it. Yeah, I agree with that. You have all these like parallels between uh, yeah. especially different characters. Like you have parallels between uh, Samantha and Samuel, like that little evil kid thing. And yeah, a lot of people seem to think that they're gonna they're just gonna do evil Samantha again. That it, it just feels like a match right here. It's like it, it. It definitely feels like um, the writing team wants you to assume right now. Like that's yeah. the assumption they want you to be making. Uh, won't be like the full story when future seasons happen and when uh, the next game comes out and stuff like that. If you guys are uh, done with this like topic, you guys got anything more to say about? Because I wanted to actually go to like this one thing I wanted to talk about. You know, um, Bob, you got anything? Uh, no, no, yeah, you can go uh, I wanted to, like, this is kind of more of a, this is kind of a, like a luring thing. Uh, I've noticed, like, a lot of people seem to think that the current Eddie that we have is just, like, a one-to-one parallel. The same guy as, like, Ultimus Richtofen or Primus Richtofen or anything like that. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, like, yeah, like, this, like, Quad, I'd like to you to talk about this the most because you've, you've seen it the most. You've, you've run, like, a public, pu- popular page. And whenever you talk about Eddie, I see in the replies people being, like, uh, wait, why is he doing this? Or, or hey, this is—is is, is he just going to be evil again? And yeah, well, like, like that. That. people just think he's like going to be evil again, or he's after power. Like he wants to become an archer. He wants to control the dark. He's going to do the grand scheme again. Yeah, yeah, literally. And it's just like I wanted to, like, what do you, what do you guys think? This current version Eddie is really like. What's, what's Blood's plan? What is he cooking? Is he thinking small scale, big scale? I could see it being more small scale. Honestly, I think the yeah. means he wishes even souls with are going to be large scale, but the actual goals themselves are going to be more small scale. That's like, crash, like the records. The thing with the, the the story at large, we have we have switched like the states from universal and multiversal to just uh, Earth and the Dark Ether. Like a, it's became a lot more grounded, and with that, I feel like his ghosts have become a lot more grounded as well. Um, every Richtofen has had like a a desire for power. And you still have that, like he's climbing the corporate ranks. It like yeah, it's gone from trying to get to Agartha and like becoming a god to like ascending the corporate rank of the uh, of like capitalism. You know, <clears throat> yeah, like you still have that parallel there, but I think it's like it's another thing where it's like they kind of want him to. Oh, he's going to do the grand scheme again. He's going to go over the, the dark ages and become like evil super god and like on out too. But it's like. I think when we actually see his goals down the line, it'll. I, I could say it being corrected with the sun stuff. If uh, oh yeah, it's looking increasingly true. If assuming that's true, the thing is, he is like other Richtofens. There is weird because like all Richtofens are essentially the same, but he's like he definitely is at the same time like an outlier, right? They all have like a yeah. desire for power. They all have uh, that kind of side of them that seems to be like evil, right? But you also have the tendency for them to do good as well. And Ultimus Richtofen, yeah. that came in the form of after he ascended, he tried to he wanted his goal in Black Ops Two was to mend the rift. And then after after that all falls apart and like uh, Maxis wins, he reveals like, oh, there has to be another way I can break this cycle. Like he kind of reveals yeah, his so like, like, true motive, which I think is an interesting layer because you have that interesting contrast. Like going back to like Black Ops Four. Between the two Richtofens, because Blood of the Dead is a map. It's very much about like Primus Richtofen and 
why he like fails to break the cycle. And he had ultimate threat of his entire development. Yeah. And on the other side of that, the other side of like Ultimate Virtoff, you have Primus Virtoffin, who has this Messiah complex, and in that, he he has this thing of like he wants to save everyone, and he, he gets to the point where he can't really do that. And yeah. he realizes that in order to actually do that, he would have to die, and like he tries to prevent that. And once you get to the end of Revelations, he has like this ego death moment of. He realizes that everything he's done has only perpetuated the cycle and like suffering for everyone. He's gonna have yeah. to like take one for the team, and that's blocked up. Which, that's like with the with the, the other ripped out in Black Ops Four, though. Like other players, possibly in the split of the That's all that entire You see a lot of that. The X very different from the the other version. The premise not really see because he's he's much more like kind of hands off. Yeah. Um, for Eddie, his tendency to do good, I feel like, um, comes in the form of him trying to preserve what Nikolai has done, which was birth the new universe for Samantha and Eddie to go into, and, uh, to now try to, like, completely block off the Dark Ether, or whatever yeah. that looks like. And also to, like, I feel like on some level he has to realize that his true employers, the society, a cult, whatever they're going to be called next game, they are like, uh, they're not good people. Like they've exploited the Dark Ether for their own game for centuries at yeah. this point. And I feel like his, his go is going to involve screwing them over in some way. You see this a little bit in the memorandum for the board. Like he's going to open the talk about looking well for what the earth get involved in. Or probably in Berlin. Yeah. I think they're setting up him as being like a, a less bad alternative to um, the rest of the society cult. Yeah. And especially, yep, go on. Sorry. With Project Janus, that also kind of leans into like the two faced nature of it. If he is going to like screw them over, I feel like that comes to the, into the form of that. Like, they have their version of Project Janus they want him to carry out, or help carry out, and he has his own agenda, which he's going to, like, hijack yeah. it and use it for, which is probably to, uh, like, revive his son. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> we still don't fully know why, you know, the CIA went out of him, and why Weaver was sent there to kill him. And then he ends up, yeah. of course, killing his wife and son as well. So that's definitely something that should be noted. It's interesting, right? To think about this Gulf War game, this Gulf War game has so much stuff to like really talk about. I'm very excited for it. I think I think it'll be the most story heavy, like character stuff heavy of the Dark Ether games so far. I mean, it, obviously, yeah. I, we don't have any way of proving that. Yeah, yeah. it goes actually like. Well, you've been pushing this, and you know, I was, I was a, a firm believer, day one believer, that this the Gulf War game is going to be Peck Ops. Well, sorry, Peck versus. Uh, Eddie, right? That's gonna be the plan here. We're gonna have, yeah. we're gonna see Pat versus Eddie, and we're gonna see how it goes. And it goes into this thing, right? Where you have the the dynamic there is interesting, right? Because both of these people have something to do. They they suffer from their they've suffered from losses of their family, whether they've betrayed them or or hurt them in some way. Like Eddie, um, arguably got his wife and son killed because maybe he did some like stuff in the CIA that he shouldn't have and that caused the issue. So now if the theory is correct, um, then 
you know, we'll have the next game be all about, you know, him trying to bring back his family and climbing the corporate land. One of those yeah. things. Or maybe both of those. Uh, then we look at Peck, who similarly, somewhat similarly has a similar issue, where he basically betrayed Martha and betrayed his own country just for his own ego and to just go with, with, with Omega and you can kind of realize near the end of Holdor that he's starting to kind of regret that. Even in Firebase C, when he got hit with the with the with the gas, uh, I think he was. Yeah. A few people were like, "Oh, he was attacking," but you know, I think most of us can agree that he wasn't. Yeah, I kind of got the vibe that he does genuinely kind of regret. So it it gives you like maybe this can this can be like kind of an interesting like two family men who are trying to maybe do right by their old family going at it. And then you have the issue of ego, right? But I think Eddie probably has a big ego. Heck, definitely has a big ego. So, yeah. There's a lot of parallels between the two people that we're going to, the main guys in the next game, assuming they are the main guys. I'm a front um, Quad, you've been saying for a while the like theory that, oh, the next game is going to be like basically Kai versus Ben Kindness, in a sense, which I... I definitely kind of agree with. I think they're definitely at least at the end of each other because in Forsaken, they set up this idea of like, like Tuck comes to Eddie and is like, okay, if I get you the Forsaken, you'll clear my record. I can just like fuck off. You man thing. But then um, in the last cutscene, in like the cutscene where he's in Japan, he's like very clearly still a hide, which indicates that his record was not cleared, considering he, he wasn't the one that got Forsaken. Which I assume he would be unhappy with that idiot. Yeah. Say the least. There's definitely something. <clears throat> Hang on a minute. Hey, I gotta fix something. So good. This will probably be edited out. <laughs> How's it going, Bob? Pretty good. Pretty good. I just uh, I was playing a bit of MWZ earlier. Grinding out the uh, Elder Dark Ether. Oh, nice! Have you uh, yeah. you done the you done the tier five section? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did that. That's what nice. I, did. I did it a couple days ago. Bodies. I oh. have my uh, my schematics from it now. Yeah, same. I just need one more, which is the Ether Blade one. But Sorry, otherwise, I've got them. Oh, um, you're good. You can just put that out in the. Uh, yeah, that's that's the benefit of doing this like a recorded versus live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, what were, we, what were we talking about? We were talking about the... Uh, uh, the bank versus Eddie stuff. X motivations. Yeah. Uh, aside from, like, their motivations, I definitely do feel like it's going to turn out in that kind of way you're talking about, where it's going to be Peck versus Eddie. And what people haven't really picked up on, I don't feel like, with this chapter in general of the Dark Eifer, is that it feels to me like it's going to be a massive parallel or, like, mirror of Black Ops 2 zombies, where you yeah. have... Peck and Eddie, which is like Max's and Ultimate's Richtofen. <clears throat> and they're both vying for power or control of whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I actually didn't think about that. That's, that's a very interesting parallel. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just connected it as soon as you were like, you know, this will be a parallel to like, and then I just, I just connected it right down there. Because you can see, you can see uh, Cold War under this as being like a parallel to Black Ops Front. Like, you play as guys that work for um, Riktop on the whole game, and then at the end of the game, he like betrays and fucks you over for some kind of scheme. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. And then this comes to the point, right? They're not going to do the same thing again. So, 
what, what do you guys think happens? Do you guys think it could possibly, there could be a possibility we start with Eddie this time? I don't know, maybe the, near the end. You start with Eddie instead of Hardcore or something along those lines? They're doing this thing right now where they're really like, trying to set Eddie up like he's the true antagonist, which definitely is not the case, I feel like. And that's yeah. going to probably come to a head in that game where we find out that he, he's not who we should be like against. Um, and I'm not really sure how that what that would look like, but it would probably come in the form of facing the uh, society of Colton some way. Because they can't. Because I, I think like I think like going in, it's going to be a very much like everybody who pretty much every character from Cold War like got fucked over by Eddie somehow like teams up against. We have like the regular guys. We have like Ravnov. We have like Pack. But that's that's how I think it at least start off, like going in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I keep getting interrupted. You're good. Waiter, waiter, more Ethereum, please. Welcome to Fletcher City. <laughs> we gotta keep bumping out these Fletcher memes. Yeah. Um, that reminds me, when we get to the question answering segment later, one of the questions is from Kevin Zombie and Jodo, actually. Oh. Uh, uh, Twitter thread. What did he say? Um, I want to check. I want to check. Uh, I, I, when, when you get to the question answering segment, I'll like, I'll like call it out when I see it. Oh, bet, bet. You guys are going to be carrying that segment, by the way, because I forgot a lot of my old ether st- like, you know, memories. Things. I'm good now. People keep walking in my room. Sorry about that. Uh, oh, good. Well, don't worry. I'm still. Uh, what were we talking about? Uh, we're talking like we just finished with the Eddie and the uh, Pex. Unless you guys we'll play the, the yeah, like Bar Four and stuff. What we been Oh yeah. Uh, I was just saying, like, I don't, I don't know how much longer they can keep like the society cool or like the people he's working for and like the background story. That's gonna have to come to our front eventually, and I feel like go for yeah, it probably do. And we'll get that like a switch of intensity, like be true antagonist, like we'll switch from being A to the And yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Like if he has his son revived, or if that's even correct by that time, or or what. I, I'm definitely really close to that as well. Just because Zarmin has always been like sort of like quizzical. Just like the main antagonist has never really been who you get thinking of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 But no, he's actually both less bad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or even in the you know, three with the Mark, he comes in like, oh, it's really Dr. Mark. It's like, he kind of tries to play himself off as the good guy and like go out of dress. But it's always like, like a little bit there. I'm like, ah, it's something awful. Yeah. That's a good thing. The next game, Peachy's like the worst person of all time. Um, or even with Black Ops 4, it's like you think you're having like a big, big Dr. Monkey fight or something. Like, no, in fact, going to spray them out of voiding. Yeah. You want to talk about that part? Fun. Oh, like, 
I don't want to go into it, but we can like announce it or make a video about it. We do. Uh, yeah. A few days ago, I posted. Uh, I made a tweet about that old uh, comic book loading screen of where it's a uh, premise plus Ultimus ripped off and standing at the front of the house. And like, I think we have uh, we figured out what it actually means, and we're going to be making a video of that soon. So you should be seeing that come up probably early January at the latest. Arguably the biggest ether mystery that was unsolved. Hopefully, you know, yeah, it's been a something good. So let's talk actually about. Since we're, since we're on the topic of the world, maybe shift gears, you guys don't mind. Let's talk about 2025 again. Like specifically, the campaign stuff. Because, you know, we've been, we've been waffling, so we're going to end up this one. Me, me and Bob had a bit of a talk about this. We, they put, it's the leaks of truth. Making VO2 canon again is huge. That is huge. Yeah. For, for, for mates and other characters. Because when during Cold War, man, like Vanguard and Modern Warfare 2 were kind of operating in this gray area. Like it, it was still setting up the blockouts in Cold War, but we didn't know for certain. There's an argument of like, oh, Modern Warfare 2 doesn't really match up with the futuristic side. Yeah, and Black Ops yeah. It's like only like a few years off. Like, we didn't know. So it was just like, well, I'm old, but then it's just like, well, we just, I think we really took their that is. And the main reason that like, I never really bought into the idea that there's kind of like ignore or retcon it is they have never once ever demonized one of the main line Call of Duties. Like they had like obviously they had to wear, like the OG Model Warfare don't exist and with the like, yeah. remakes they exist in their own thing, but they never like completely decanalized something. Yeah, it's yeah, right. Especially because as you've posted before, a lot of Cold War's advertisements still pop. Even if I think of Black Ops 3 and 4 story outside of Zombies, it's kind of like technology again. But but we'll see. Dope archetype is going to be real. Maybe those soap depth copers were right all along, man. Maybe that soap's going to come back. They're going to bring soap back. Oh, we're so bad. Um, okay, but I actually wanted to ask you specifically this question. What do you think are the canon events in VO2 events? Right, this, this, controversial question. Like, yeah, which, which ending? Like, uh, I think we, you said Ravenov, uh, not Ravenov, sorry. Menendez dying is canon, right? That one's canon because of VO3. Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, they, they say it's canon too on, like, uh, that timeline video trope released on our YouTube channel. Wait, I think we've I feel like the keep in line with what they've established this panel where he, they would shoot him and it's pretty much just like a bad alien. But they could totally do something differently, but I just don't feel like yeah. they will, personally. Um, but if they wanted to every like deep cannon as a Call of Duty, it would definitely, I feel like, be like Black Ops 3 and 4. Or it wouldn't yeah. even, like, yeah, they haven't been such a way right now that they wouldn't even have to fully do cannabis. They just have to. Well, they don't even really have to acknowledge that story again, because unless they go into like the 2046, 2060 future game, which I mean, I didn't think they would do previously, but I also didn't think they would do future time periods of generals, and I was yeah. wrong about that. So we'll we'll see if they do. Not even like a not acknowledging it type thing, which they probably won't acknowledge it. I feel like, but you have this thing right now where there's like a before and after in terms of like the whole storyline of like before tag and after. And yep. within, like, the old multiverse, like, like the old events we see of Black Ops 3 and 4 could totally happen while a completely new set of events happen here. Yeah. 
Um, so I, I think we'll also use do like if they decide for them to get some of the feed protected black house too, they could probably get you know, on set exploration like all the tiger codes we just probably oh, take that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. that's that's actually like a really good way to like string these things back together by making it I think the, the tag ending the like kind of rebooting the whole universe is such a good like move from Turk doing that. He's like, you know, oh, it all got rebooted, but some of it yeah. stuck together because you know that's just how universal concept like, stuff works. Like stuff we like still happen. Yeah. <laughs> and still is right. We think space has died or survived. Uh, I'm going to you know, so I have a dream and it's felt like to me, like this little off thing, almost like a disco. Yeah. You understand, like, I was still in, you know, even seeing, like, nothing for, like, 30 years, which they could tell, like, what's there for him to do, but it's always just felt like, not, uh, like the official thing, to me, at least. He was, he was playing golf in a retirement home for 30 years. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm a big Mason. Like, I need, I need a Mason in every black hole. I need a really Spoilers, kind of, for anyone listening in right now, because this is going to be some leaked stuff. Uh, we already discussed some leaked stuff, but this is all about major one. Some of the leakers, you know, the, the codes, the threads of code for the 2025 gen. One of them mentioned Alex Safehouse. Oh, I, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. All right? It could be a completely different guy. It could be just some guy called Alex, which would be really unnecessary on track like why would we do this? Uh, it could be like met you know messed up it could be leftover code from cold war could be as also leftover code from cold war yeah but knowing the gulf war starts at 1990 to 1991 and then goes forward from there this makes the question the o2 happened or mason's death happened in 18 1986 i think it's like the invader of animal of what happened it's like a year before. Yeah. A year before this. Like, it's not even like a full year either. It's literally like December of 1989. Yeah. Yeah. So this this goes, what if this is what he was doing? And what if Mason does survive? And this is what he's been doing ever since. I actually do like, have a point to make about that. Because I, I could definitely see that happening just because of how popular the character is. I can see them going, like, yeah. oh, this is, he did survive. This is part of what he was doing while he was missing. But yeah, interestingly, so they they show in the beginning of Mason they have us the similar woods of David are at the cemetery, and David talks about how he's retiring. But maybe both. I don't believe they have that in the version where Mason lives, which would be interesting if you want to bring like David Mason back to the tag in five years. I mean, if it's BFU, five years, well, yeah. Um, I definitely feel like David will come back if it's like a sequel to Black Ops 2. Um, like, even if it's in a smaller role, like the uh, White House. Yeah. It's just a necessity by having like the old characters back, even just a minor role, just fan uh, I know people maybe look down on fan service in video games or but I think, at least for us, uh, it, it's done. it's done almost always very hastily. So making it like, so that like, you couldn't get one for a Cold War, like I thought that was fantastic. Oh yeah, pretty yeah. good. No, that was fantastic. Like I think that was arguably their best characterization, in my opinion, since like VO one. Love VO two guys, uh, but like they're Raven absolutely nailed the uh, the, the oh, yeah. Yeah. 
nailed the characterization. That's the point. Uh, any other guys? Any other thing you guys want to talk about? I just mainly, I want to just throw out that Mason most likely survives, according to at least that one week. Uh, you know, maybe I'm yeah, playing too much hope. I can definitely see it being a thing where it's like, it's, uh, honestly, um, with the operation of the Terramina's thing and Voldemort does, it kind of gets that idea like, the Baron team does keep stuff like that in like the back of their head for, yeah. for like a while. So I could see them wanting to actually elaborate on like what, what they would compare to after Phantom in the operation where he lives. Because yeah. the real timeline video actually doesn't really elaborate on that. Like, you don't have to say anything. It's like player determined. I think it leaves it up at that. The, yeah. They could, uh, y'all kind of like bring me on board with it now. I can see it happening. Like, uh, and you wouldn't really have to change much for Black Ops 2 either. Because, like, in Black Ops 2, Woods does not know, like, didn't know he's survived. Like, he shows up at the, the nursing home and he's like, hey, what the hell? And so really, all they need to do is just not yeah. have one show. It could be a thing where, like, the CIA, like, all even, like, they put him in something else and, like, just kept it, like, classic. Yeah. Weaver style, you know, what they did was, it'd be really yeah, funny if they bring like him it. on board. If they bring him on board for the zombie storyline and go for it, that would be <laughs> really fun. That would be um, He just gets dementia before BO2 and he can't tell anybody. <laughs> Um, Luger gets out of the like, Black Side 13 or whatever. He's like, wow, I can't wait to see where all my friends went in the year since 1985. It just reminds me of that one meme like, uh, that came out around the time Marfa, the, the cutscene came out from Marvel Zombies, where it's like a Woods, Mason, and a nurse. Yeah. Like, whatever happened to Luger? And it just cuts to his skeleton. <laughs> yeah. Luger uh, did that. Sure. You know, guys, I gotta contact my buddy Jason Hudson. I wonder how he's doing. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I think that's it really for the 2025 game discussion. We'll have to get uh, anything else to add on. Well, I think it's really a lot more speculative right now because that's, I think, dear father. It's, yeah. Uh, another possibility, like you kept, like in Black Ops 2, they kept like cutting between like future and past. And, uh, yeah. Not to really touch on that aspect, but like the, the idea that we could just have like Adler pop up and be like really old in the same way it would as oh. Mason were. It's gonna be like elderly Adler from Pod Mobile. Oh my god, I didn't even know that. Uh, we're gonna have like a Pod Mobile comic lore episode on this. I have to do some research first. I have never followed any of them. Oh, this is hilarious. Oh uh, what else did we uh, talk about, guys? Um, let me, let me look. I, I think most of my main ones have been Yeah, most of the stuff we're talking about last time. Uh, you know, we, we could start doing the Q&A. Thing. Uh, one, one more act before we do that. Uh, we can talk about the... Uh, let's see. Uh, there's two questions left, I think. Uh, the why, why why haven't we seen more maps set within the Dark Aether? Oh, and, yes. Yeah. That's a complaint. Why? I've been seeing people like... Uh, like people are complaining like oh we why they they showed us it in the machina and we've got it in more for zombies but why haven't we gotten more maps set within the uh the dark ether and why i don't really have an answer for that for here but like i feel like truck themselves might be a little uh, like hesitant and like not sure what what they should do with that aspect but in the old story it was like you didn't start out in like a Garfa, like you wouldn't start out yeah. just like handling all these topics and visiting all these places. 
It took three games to get to an offer. Like it yeah, I think they're kind of building up that sort of stuff. Um, like the last feels more fantastic because with, with full more zombies, I think it was a combination of those like they wanted to do the ball around it, like full doors and bases type locations. The goal is like it worked in that game, unless yeah, way lower budget than the four thousand games. So, kind of much work in my favor. Yeah, um, and then with modern warfare zombies, it's, it's a similar game. Like, they want to kind of start the story off as like, oh, what if like modern warfare military died? You know, it's all these stuff. Yeah. Um, if you look at Vanguard, they already started. Like, it's just one of the four people to play at Vanguard. They already they did start doing like a bit less, like a bit less current, a little bit more fantastical stuff in regards to like art design and stuff. Which I definitely think probably continue to go for. Yeah, and that's really all I had to say about that topic. Uh, unless y'all wanted to add on, uh, is I've seen a lot of people like complaining about that. It's, it's, it's weird to have that whenever the previous story, it, like it had a natural build up. And here you, it's weird because, like, it they've had the first map put in the dark even, but it's just like, yeah. it's like they themselves don't really aren't sure of what they should do, like how much they should share. Yeah, I always saw it as like the Cold War was trying to do machine and courage. I'm finding my footing. Whereas I, I definitely think I'm, I'm definitely going to start some doing a lot of fantastic looking. Or I wonder even, like, at least I'm after the Dark Eater itself. Like, I just felt sort of going to five. Yeah. Because they kind, of, they kind of built that stuff up already. Uh, another thing, too, I feel like, uh, and like a reason why we didn't keep seeing the Dark Eater in Cold War is I feel like a lot of people after D Machine felt like we've had that for every map going forward or most maps where we just have like a dark for version of the map. Because and, I know I I'm pretty sure I believe that. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I can see why they didn't uh, see the move like it would be almost like a gimmick. Yeah. In that aspect, I understand why they didn't. Yeah, because like they don't they don't want like the kind of focal center of the story just you know, like, if like Yeah. Yeah, and at least a bit of it now in MWZ, like the Dark Ether Elder thing and the normal Dark Ether stuff. Yeah. It, it's cool stuff. I mean, sure, it doesn't have, well, it does have storyline significance, of course, because the voice lines you get from the entity while in there. Um, yeah. A few interesting ones. Maybe we could make a video talking about each of them if you guys were up for that. Um, yeah, I think that could work. But, you know, I mean, that's there's also the whole stuff, hey, these guys are getting absolutely eventually by the Activision, like, budget cuts and such so yeah, i think it'd be hard yeah that was something because I, I know quad you brought up the topic of like issues we have with modern zombies so that was like that was like the big that was the big one i wanted yeah um oh. for me personally one thing i keep saying time and time again it goes back uh like uh the one the topic was covered like this complaint about the new story versus like some people felt about the old story and I feel like one of the things that kind of exacerbates space in that or like uh, makes it something really, really loses is that old zombies kind of uh, wore its mystery on its sleeve. Like you, in the new ones, you kind of have to read through all the intel and go through the mask to kind of figure out like, what you need to be thinking about. Like, so yeah. Whereas in old zombies, take Doris, for example, all you have to do is go the map. And like you're presented with all these different concepts and ideas to kind of to think about. Yeah. 
as soon as you spot everyone, you look up to the moon, there's three dots on it. That makes you think. What's, what's happening? Why, why is it like that? Yeah. Right. And I think it's something that kind of... There is like any game I could point to, like, oh, that's where it is. Like, it's been like a gradual thing of seeing less and less of that to where they call you. It's like the really opposite. You have to work, like, you have to do work within the story to kind of uncover these mysteries. Yeah, which I think that's popped a lot of the, like, arguments over if there's still mysteries in Sparring. And they're still a little bit um, we need we need that Intel system back. Perk, we're listening in right now. MWZ two. Oh, yeah. If if we don't have an Intel system, I'm 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 having, I'm I'm gonna cope. Yes, they gotta they gotta put it in this game, right? Yeah, like your problem with the the Intel system core is like the and with this one they it's lower just... the amount. Like it, it's like all of it's like it's concentrated on the important stuff, and there's not like too much of it. And that would be like the perfect time for like an Intel system. Especially now that yeah, like, a huge map. That's that's an issue I actually do have with MWZ. A few people have brought it up, but it's like without the Intel map, it's like you got to look at through these like war zone and then yeah. um, find the radios, and it operates off the old system. Probably. You hit the radio of the map, you listen to it, but you don't you don't know how many are like, yeah. and, and you have to like go and find the radio. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think it would have been easier if they had the Intel map. Yeah, which if it's like a regular size map, I'm kind of semi okay with But when it's like a Warzone yeah. map, it's just kind of impossible to know. Play a Warzone map on, on a time. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a few. There's a few, if I'm not mistaken, in tier three. It's like, bro, are you, are you for real right now? Yeah. Tier three Intel pieces? Up I think, I'm not I think listening to like, I think this, the whole like Intel and MVC, it's a problem that would be solved fairly quickly to put a spring to and it's weird too because they had that the, the modes built on the bones of DMZ. DMZ had yeah. Intel's map. Yeah, because with, with Vanguard Zombies, I always consider it really because the game had the budget of like five dollars and yeah, like they, a they found under skeleton the crew, that no budget, no time like that. Yeah, on bounds like they didn't have really to do it. I, I hope they had one. How bad I wanted this game, and I mean, I, I still need to play more because I'm fully prior again. Yeah, I'll uh, see. Actually, think before we end, uh, before we go into the Q and A section, and maybe we can talk about what we like and what we don't like about current zombie stuff. Uh, Ravenel, I mean, we might see his death this game. Oh yes, like, they've already kind of like foreshadowed it. Yeah, they very heavily foreshadowed. I was thinking about it yesterday and realized like just how heavily they're foreshadowing. Genuinely like scary, bro. What am I go me when I realize one of my ghosts is about to be washed? <laughs> uh, we talked about last time. I kinda of feel like uh, they're parallel and Jansen and Max is super hard and we get that special with the entity, right? But yeah. Not only that, but whenever I think uh Ravenov himself kinda of feels that too. He sees like Max is in her like Kind of thing. Uh, whatever happens to Maxis, which who knows? I feel like he's kind of moving her into the Especially since, like, at the end of uh, Act Three, whenever she like encounters the entity, her eyes turn purple. Uh, he's in he's instantly asking things that would have that related to, like Sam, like her memory loss. Yeah. Like, oh, do you not remember? 
like I think he kind of sees it and is like, oh, it's it's happening again with the in the sample yeah. whole board. Really. And that that instantly kind of led me to this idea that in the end he'll probably end up like sacrificing himself to save Jansen. But yeah, especially because I believe uh, more or less I think he pointed this out. But it'd be interesting to have like you know a send off in the present day to that character and then have him be like really being important thing in Bill for. I think it would only make sense, yeah. Just like giving him a full blown arc. It's it's kind of just like seeing his death. Then you're like, damn, man. I wish I I, I really want to see more of this character because he's gone now. Then you go into Gulf War and you get just yeah. like four, maybe five maps round base, hopefully straight of just Ravenov, Ravenov, Ravenov. Yeah, that yeah that definitely builds like yeah. more impact for his character. If he dies here and then we just have like so much more with him. Like us knowing what's gonna happen versus what we're saying. Yeah, of course, almost similar to if we come direct with him. Where it's like we know, we know what's gonna happen, but we don't know like how. Yeah. Or like when. Really. Of course, be a big You know, because it's not yeah. like it's not like oh they're dead. There's nothing to explore now. There is. Twenty or more years, maybe ten years, all right, five years, however long you want to decide, however long Treyarch decides they want to keep these guys around for, working yeah. on it. They could absolutely spread their, you know, take this storyline and the Red Game heads and Raven off. They could span it three or four years. They could. Yeah. yeah it's like going back, back to the origin of like, like through that, we kind of know where that story is. All the like what it means or how to get them. And that's kind of like the mystery of the next technology. Well, that's any any addition to that stuff. You guys, uh, let's call ahead for Ravenoff. Yeah, that's yeah, like the Q and A section. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Like on my Twitter. I was I was playing on the Elder Dark Ether earlier, cooking up those uh, getting those uh, schematics. Nice. <laughs> that escort stuff, that escort mission is rough, man. Me and my friend yeah, got to I was bring playing in. With, a, with a couple of buddies, and we we like very, very nearly failed. We only we only really succeeded because one of us had like the VR eleven. How many did you? Oh, really? Like health boosting the um the escort rover. It was me and my friend, and we had no VR eleven, and we like d- just went in with twelve uh Casimir devices and four juggernauts. Yeah. And uh, just mogged like all of them. Like, it was, it got close. It was like seven percent when it lost, but it was still good. I found it here. Uh, I guess I'll just go straight down the list here. Pick up some good ones. Uh, here's one that has a couple questions. Do you consider the Forsaken an Archon? Uh, hmm. That's interesting, actually, because. I think he really could go either way. He could really go either. I think he takes on personally. I think he takes on like a similar role in the Dark Ether, but I never really saw Zykop as being like. I could be wrong on this. I never really saw him as being like directly empowered by the contract itself, just because I, I don't. I never really got the sense that he cared all that much. Yeah, about like the Elder God, like culture and everything there. If they do that, which I, I kind of feel like they will go that route, it doesn't feel like it was yeah. intended at first. At least, yeah. Um, yeah. There's always been this thing of like, how did he gain all this power? And like, it. The answer they gave us during Cold War is that uh, shortly after he went in, uh, Task Force Bar- Balder went in, 
which was an entire army, and he just kind of like assimilated all them, and that's how like how he gained a good portion of his power, just building out. Yeah. <clears throat> but now, though, I definitely could see him uh, them saying he was an archon. Yeah, I think it would. I think it would work if they did. Yeah, I, I don't really know. I don't really know. I can do it. It's pretty left open. And, I mean, I, personally, I would prefer the. Uh, he just, he's just, he's just, you know, fallen like that. He just decided to eat the corpses of each elder god, and then he got that power, and he was like, you know, I don't need the the construct, or maybe he didn't even know about it, man. Who knows? Yeah. We don't even know what it's up to right now. It could be like buried, hidden deep within the dark ether layers. Because uh, yeah, there's a big gap in dark yeah. ether time between like the end of the uh, archon and the beginning of the machine. Yeah, so it, it's like, we don't really know. It's definitely an open-ended question. Who knows if we'll get answered next game? I would hope so. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, I definitely think well. Yeah, me too. Moving on, did the uh, demons exist during the same time as the cycle? And that's actually a fairly easy one to answer, which is yes, they did. Yep. Uh tells us that they, uh, prior to the day where everything came into the Dark Ether, they had no idea that anything else outside the Dark Ether even existed. So that implies that they have been around far longer than Tagged or Totem. Yeah. I, I always thought, thought it was interesting that they kind of established that those guys live in like, or like they kind of lived almost in their own like bubble away from all the Ether story stuff until Tagged or Totem. Yeah. Uh, Something uh-huh. interesting with that too is like the uh, the reasoning, which we never get a reason for, is uh, how they never came into contact with the Apophkins or the Apophic Keepers or whatever, whenever they were in there. It's definitely possible that they did. I think it's possible that they may have encountered them and just wrote them off as like another species native to the Dark Ether. Yeah. That or another explanation is, is how vast the Dark Ether is. Like it's an entire universe. Yeah. Like they could have just existed like separately pretty much yeah i mean it's big enough to dump multiple universes into it so yeah yeah it's big enough to dump like we don't even know how many universes that do it yeah literal probably trillions quadrillions man like think of a number it's higher than that buddy yeah yeah uh another question was was nikolai sacrifice in vain slash pointless now that we have the dark Ever story and <laughs> I personally, I personally don't think so. Yeah, I've already made a video on this, and like my thoughts are that before you had this entire cycle that encaps- encapsulated the entire Ether multiverse, which within that you everyone's trapped in it, everyone's suffering, and you have everything that's going on in it too, like a uh, premise Richtoff, and he always steals the summoning key, which results in Dimension sixty three being destroyed. But that doesn't happen once; it happens like in innumerable amount of time. Yeah. Uh, which is, you compare that to what we have now, which is this tiny little pinpricks of the dark ether into our reality, which can fairly easily easily be contained and cordoned off. Yeah, like it's not perfect, but it's like the, the whole universe is in a much better state than it was. Yeah, the ether story. The stakes are like way, way different. Yeah. It's not constant like suffering and agony for literally everybody involved, right? And that's that's yeah, the yeah. point. I mean, that's the point of Nikolai's sacrifice, in my opinion. It's it's to give the next universe like he, he doomed trillion again innumerable amounts of universes. He doomed them to the dark ether. He did like that is very much fucked up. Um, yeah, but it's somehow like if you think about it, it it's not as bad as what Primus Richtofen did. Well, accidentally, I, I always saw it's kind of like. 
sort of like a, a sort of moral gray area where it's like, oh, the yeah. universe is pretty much doomed no matter what. No matter yeah, what. No, so his his rationale, Nikolai's rationale, was just like, hey, either continue the suffering literally to eternity, or give the other universe a new universe a new yeah. chance. And well, yeah. you know, it's too easy in my opinion. I think at that point, it's like for him, it's too easy. Like, yeah, your options are every universe getting obliterated over and over again forever, or getting obliterated once, and there's still being a universe afterward. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, definitely definitely not pointless or in vain. Uh, let me find another good one here. Has there been any explanation to what happens in this video? And the video in question is the Zombie Chronicles trailer, which... I can tell you right now that those, all of those marketing trailers or memory trailers or whatever, the team that does those trailers is not directly in communication, really, or they don't know. They're not narrative people. They're doing all that stuff mainly because it looks cool. The only, yeah, the only actual trailer that contains actual lore is I can't remember what it, what the song's called, but there's a chaos one. Uh, yeah, the dead of a night. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one. That contains like actual stuff with Godfrey and all that. Yeah, because it kind of explains how uh, Dark Godfrey got created, like, prior to that. Yeah. That's pretty much like the only one I can think of that has actual, like, meaning. Yeah. Peter McCain appearing for one frame in the Revelations video to cause an entire theorizing community to explode for, like, a month. What did they mean by that? What did they mean by this? <laughs> Alpha Omega, that's what they meant, buddy. Yeah. Peter McCain's unfinished business is actually going to be going to the Revelations trailer on YouTube. Where did he, where did he go? Oh, that, that's good. Ugh. Every day, I cry, man. How about that? Here's a terrible Black Ops 8, The Return of Peter McCain. Here's one that's terrible. Uh, what do we know about the... what? What's the giant... What does the giant mean? Like, what's up with the yeah. giant? Um, um, that's I'm, a really I'm, good question. I'm, I'm, I'm sending this one out. I'm sending this one out. Uh, oh, you said honestly, I didn't know what you were saying at first. I would say just ignore it, to be honest. Like, uh, in my opinion, it's very clear that that stuff was written before they kind of yeah. had an idea of where they wanted to go with that story. And Pretty much, like, what you need to know from the giant is the stuff in the intro. And that at some point, they were paranormal the mind, please. The intro and the stuff you get from the timeline. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only stuff that's relevant to the giant. Yeah. Um, all the radios and whatnot. I've sit and tried to reason it before, and the only real way you can, and it still doesn't make complete sense, because it's like, why are we being told all this if it's not directly important, is that it's just like different iterations or offshoots of the cycle that could have happened, yeah. but don't hear. There's and, a lot of stuff in the radio that's just like blatantly does not match up with um, the direction the story takes after that match. Yeah. Like the uh, Nikolai Boy, I killed three Rick Toffins or whatever. Yeah. Right now, it's like, it's, that does not even remotely happen. The rest of the game. Yeah. That, that's my advice for is ignore because that or, yeah. or try to reason as like offshoots and leave it at that because it otherwise it just doesn't make sense and doesn't really fit in anywhere. Uh, what is the country of origin for the Mercs faction in Black Ops Two? And that one kind of answers itself. The name is Mercs. They're mercenaries, and yeah, there's there's like me. general, like, yeah, yeah. There's no select country, uh, country they're from, but the Mercs and Black Ops 2 specifically, like they're the private army at Cordesdia, uh, yeah, by Menendez. So they're just like kind of from all over the place. 
<clears throat> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's all there really is for that one. Uh, why are there ghost-like objects in the Modern Warfare Zombies version of the Dark Eifer? Like the, all the outlines and stuff you see of objects floating in the air. And do you think the the strike team from Cold War would still be alive somehow in the modern day? I'm uh, I'm not as familiar with the first part of the question, but in regards to the second one, I don't think the strike team are alive in the modern day. Yeah, I'm I'm at a point right now where like I could definitely see them leaning a lot more into like Weaver and all them being like like the crew, what we talked about yeah. earlier, and us just never seeing strike team again, unfortunately. It's like um to tie into a larger point, I think like with Deadbolt, it's like explicit the point is made explicitly clear that Ravenov was like the only expert from that era that the CIA could find. Yeah. Which implies that pretty much anybody else from Cold War is either like dead in the basement like the Reckless heads are or like missing. I definitely like, see we'll, everybody I, else. I definitely think we'll see them pop up in like the world, we'll probably find out what happened to them, yeah. but we'll probably never play as them again, I feel like. Yeah, I think I, I'm I'm honestly leaning towards them saying that like I have two theories actually. I could see like if they have like an outbreak or open world style mode in Gulf War, I could see us playing as the strike team there. Um, yeah. Or alternatively, I could see them just going, "Oh, they died or something." Between games, yeah. Yeah. they mutate to dark ether creatures because of their overexposure. Yeah. That's the intel. Yeah. I don't think Eddie would kill them. I don't if they go down the road route of them like getting killed off or something. I don't think it would, sure. he would do it. Uh, yeah. But just saying that they died in the outbreak on Terminus Island, like they just didn't make it. It's certainly possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's the thing though. The Forsaken guy didn't even say uh, in Forsaken. It's not like he said, "Oh, strike team, you're gonna die." No, he was, he was very vague with his message there. Yeah, yeah. He, he was just like, "Yo." Requiem Head's dead. Samantha, Darkie, Ether Buddy. You in jail. You're done. You're going to mob the dead. Yeah. Uh, the other question, though, of like what the ghost objects are in the Dark Ether, we get this. It's the same thing as the monkeys and, and the machine. Like, it's the essence of them. Or it's like a. There's a connection to like memory, too. It's like the idea that they this object was here. Now it's not, but the essence of it is left behind. Yeah. Exactly. Like a spectral form of it. <clears throat> it's why there's like the whole like escort mission in uh, in Cold War, where like yeah. you know Doctor Doctor Gray practices animal cruelty. Yeah, yeah. British and animal cruelty, man, that's rough. Out here. This is why Barrera yeah. is better. He's he's not cool. He's in a big <laughs> rover, but yeah. No, I'm still a Barrera enjoyer. But yeah, uh, like it's it's that whole escort mission is all about them going to the dark ether. That's where the monkeys are from. Uh, or, yeah, you know, most of the projections. Um, and we know, or I'm pretty sure it's implied at least that Die Machine. You, Bob, I think you said this, but Die Machine is not the first like mission Strike Team went through. So yeah. it makes sense why there would be monkeys there. And Dark Ether likes to clone stuff, according to Barrera, and it also likes to kind of like you know override things, whatever yeah. it wants. Yeah, which I think it was the first, like, in terms of, like, the elite strike team, I think Beam Machine was the first one. Reaver says that they lost two other teams, like, before Yeah, I saw it as being, like, I wasn't really sure if it's, like, the first mission of that strike team in general, but I I didn't think it was, like, in general for Requiem, their, like, first operation. Yeah, 
This is like they sent two other recon teams to the site and they lost them, but now they're sending these yeah. people in, and they're the ones that we follow throughout the rest of the game. Yeah. Ghosts. <clears throat> Here's one. Why does the director act like he doesn't know Samantha in Code War Zombies? And that one, I can tell you, this is... He does know her in like a in the yeah. block eight stuff. He tells her her like her birth date and all that, and tells her where she was born. I, yeah, so I always saw like the like block ops one callback radio as him being like like basically just recapping similarly to what Hudson and Weaver are doing with Mason actually in the original scene of block ops one. Like they know who he is, they know where yeah. he came from, but they're like assessing him by asking him that stuff. Yeah. Um. Did Rick Toffin actually touch, touch Dempsey? Yeah, that wasn't a lever. Yep. That definitely wasn't a yep. lever. It's it's still not, as of classified. <laughs> yeah. Gaming peak, peak theorizing is uh, discussing whether uh, apparently zombies characters got t- touched inappropriately uh, or not. We got, we got two victims, so we got Dempsey and we got, we got Toffia. Yeah. We got talking on the spider buddy. <laughs> And uh, it looks like the last good one we got is what do you believe Eddie's go is and what is the proof that his child is dead? And as far as the go goes, you know, it's like uh we have all the stuff with like the assassination and the, the uh Yeah. His family dying and we have the proof for that, like that it was his family via hit the ending of Forsaken where we see all the pictures on his desk, we see the snow globe yeah, of the ice. It's one of those cases where we don't have all the context for it yet. It's not like Craig hasn't come out and explicitly said that's the case, but it's like with the clues we have in Cold War, that's the biggest conclusion we can glean out of it so far. We're pretty much just gonna have to wait until Gulf War to see yeah. what really what really happened. As for like the proof that his son is dead, um, there's another kid in the dark ether right now. We had like that child's note, but I'm, I'm starting to feel like that might not be him. I'm starting to feel like it. It's more likely that he is dead and like burnt to death in that house. And the proof for that is literally the house stuff. But yeah. Aside from that no- note, there's nothing that directly links the two kids together. Yeah. But it's like, it's at least a, might be a parallel. Might be a parallel. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Because the house fire child thing, that's another thing where it's like, we're missing a lot of context, intentionally so, for it. Yeah. Um, at this current point. Yeah, that's definitely something that we'll see more of in Gulf War. Yeah. Uh, and that looks like it was all for the questions. Do we have anything else we want to talk about? Um, no, it's it's settled a lot of. Oh, actually, I'm I'm looking at a pretty, pretty good question I've seen asked a lot because I have a, a feed open as well from a, from a buddy of mine, asking like. Also, on the subject of Black Ops 4's story, do you think that the zombies characters are actually canon to Blackout, or just there to appeal to the zombies audience? Um, I I I actually think that's an interesting one to bring up, just because I've seen that asked a lot myself in, like, the zombies community. What do you think? Blackout! uh, Uh, You want to go ahead, Honestly, I could see it being somewhat because they have dialogue, right? In Blackout. Yeah, they have dialogue. Um, so since we know Blackout did canonically happen, I could see it being the case that like some iteration of them and some version of the cycle like ended up at the Blackout site at some point, and then we're like, ah, we're in Blackout now. Rick Coffin. Uh, <laughs> Rick Coffin pretty sure had the line where he's like, uh, I don't think we should be here. Kind of like it, it, kind of similarly to how 
like the ultimate versions of Noct and Brook, like a thing where they occasionally accidentally end up there in certain cycles, but then in other cycles they don't. Yeah, this is like uh, something that happens, like the wider multiverse kind of thing. It's like not too important, but like it happened kind of deal. Yeah. Uh, Blackout in general is kind of weird with that because it feels like a one-way street. Like it's not too connected to everything else in zombies, but there's like... It always is like, yeah, it's part of main purpose of like gameplay, having all these characters can play as from the franchise and all that, right? But yeah, yeah, it's definitely like the way I ration, rationalize it is literally just like being something that happens in the water, E for multiverse that's not really too important. Yeah, yep, I don't know. I think it's very interesting in general. Lore-wise. I've always been convinced that we're going to try and do more stuff with it than we end up doing. Oh, yeah, they definitely were, because you have all this yeah. stuff and, like, leading up to it where uh, David Von Her was asked, like, is this a simulation? And he says, no, no, it's not. And then after... And then you have, like, like, the specialist HQ story. It's like, yeah. uh, what's going on? It's you and that. I saw a lot of this. And it's like, what do you mean by that? We don't know uh, the stories. Uh, yeah, they it's kinda, rough. It's very clear that where they had, they kind of canceled. And then later on, we get that timeline on the website where it does say it's a, it's a simulation. Like, it specifically says it is a simulation, so... Clearly, things have changed there, and they kind of scrapped whatever they had, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's they had intent there, but it's kind of harmed by that idea where it's like, I don't really think they're going to return to the BO3 slash 4, um, like, world anytime soon. Yeah. They could touch on the 2025 game. like a, Yeah, that's true. Something interesting yeah. for the 2025 game. Recently, whenever they brought back the intro cutscene when you first boot up the games, uh, they added a new clip in there that shows Advanced Warfare. So it'd be... Oh, that's, yeah, that's interesting, actually. The, the Atlas company got their start in like the 2030s, and yeah. they could definitely do something there tied in. A young oh. Kevin Spacey is going to meet David Mason no. <laughs> in Black <laughs> Ops 7. Yeah, well, that's, I think we can definitely uh, really. Or what yeah. were you saying? Next, I was just gonna say we should definitely for the next podcast episode we should, um, hopefully we get a part two. We do a part two, and we should talk about the timeline of COD in general. What we believe is the yeah, timeline. agree, agree. Yeah, we can have one that like for sure. Uh, that's good. Right that's now, right now the plan is to do one of these every two weeks. Just whenever it's convenient. Uh, yeah. You also get like shorts from the podcast showing up on our channel, all the juicy bits, all of that. Yeah, just in case you don't you don't feel like watching like an hour and a half. Oh, I was talking. Yeah. So after this goes live, you should start seeing shorts of it start going out uh, within the following week, and then the week after we'll have another one. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything we wanted to say, and we'll end it here. Uh, episode one. Okay.